Oh, hey, it's you again. Welcome back to Getting It Out Podcast. Whether you're a frequent listener or even just a first timer, I want to thank you for clicking on the episode. I know there's a lot of options, a lot of podcasts to pick through and listen to. And this time you chose Getting It Out. If you like what you hear on this episode or maybe what you've heard in the past, I want to ask you to consider joining the gettingitout.net Patreon, where you'll get early ad-free access to interviews, sometimes weeks before they air. It only costs $2 a month, and hey, once you set it up, it's like making beef jerky in the 90s. You set it, and you forget it. You'll get email updates each time I post an episode exclusive to the Patreon. And though the cost is low for you, your support makes a huge impact on what I can continue to do with gettingitout.net and Getting It Out podcast. If you're interested, check the link in the show notes or head over to patreon.com slash gettingitoutpodcast. Thanks for hearing me out, and enjoy this episode of the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 114 of Getting It Out podcast. That was Ulcerate with Dissolved Orders. Um, that's off their upcoming album. It's uh, it's dropping in April. What's it called? It's called Staring to Death and Be Still. Well, that's comforting. Um, but yeah, uh, I know that was a long. I know that was a long song, and I think uh, there's probably a, a, a slight contingent of people that would say bad idea to start your podcast off with a eight minute death metal song. But uh, those people are not me. I'm not one of those people. So uh, that's what we did this time. If I alienated a qu- quite a few people, um, whatever. It happens. You got the fast forward button. Um, also, right, they're from New Zealand. Did I mention that? That makes them uh, extra special for some reason. Uh, I think there might be a, another band or two from New Zealand. I know there's one guy down there. His name's Rex Jackson. What's up, Rex? Uh, met Rex some time ago. Uh, might have talked about him in the past in the podcast. Might not have. Anyway. Uh, so this whole episode goes out to Rex Jackson for some reason down in, uh, down in New Zealand. Uh, he's birthing cows, calves, I guess they would be baby cows. Uh, why don't, why don't we name babies different than what we name, uh, adults? Like I know our, our humans, human infants are, you know, they're babies, uh, baby cows or calves, uh, baby horses are whatever they are. Is it, are they mares? Are they foals? No foals. Is, I think it might be full. I don't know. Um, I'm not keeping track of this stuff. I'm just wondering about it. So uh, if we could stop doing that, that'd be great. Uh, but uh, I guess I guess that's not really up to me, huh? Um, this, is, this is what happens when you've, when you've been uh, almost a week in quarantine. <laughs> that's pretty bad. That's all it's been, a week. Tomorrow will be a week of officially not going into the office, which I don't know. We'll get into that. Anyway. This episode uh, features an interview with Sean and Gwen of Frail. They are a, uh, I guess you can call them doom band, out of uh, the Cleveland area. I believe they were, they were right from right from around Cleveland, and uh, they they've put out a couple of records. They've only been a band for a little while, but uh, they put out some cool records. And uh, so I reached out to them to have a conversation, and that's what this episode's about. So let's listen to some really irrelevant rap music about the podcast. <laughs> about how the podcast used to be, and then we'll go into the episode. All right, let's go. Dark Satellite Media. You know, when I started doing a podcast, I thought I found my calling. But there's something more. There's a little something more I think I can reach into. I got a little more in me. I need to get it out. Just like the podcast, it's Getting It Out rap song from the Getting It Out podcast. And it feels powerful. I think you feel it too. I think you feel it too, but there's certain things that need to be said, because I was thinking about it a lot lately. What exactly was I was thinking about? We'll have to break it down here, just a little bit for you. I was sitting at home trying to relax when I realized a podcast needs a rap. It sound way better when they thought back, but I gotta spit quick on these Amish cats. Well, big horse of shit on rumble strips. Zeb sits back with a hundred kids, but I know how shallow that gene pool is. So what did he do with his cripple pin? How do you tell the time at night when the sun don't shine on the dial bright? While Von Scott lives the hard rock life, singing on the streets underneath the lights. I got grocery lists of shit I don't like. Gonna run them by old Mike on ice and like cops that a day with the butt drug tips. This podcast will flip your lids. So that's what I sing about on the song for the podcast. It's getting it out. 
Hello, hello, hello. Live from COVID-19. It's Getting It Out Podcast, episode 114 uh, with Frail. Sean Bilovecki, I think his name is, and Gwen Strang of Frail. That's the main topic here on this episode. But first, we must talk coronavirus, even though we've been talking it for a little while. We got to talk it. Uh, it's just a, it's a topic. It's the hot topic now. Everybody's talking about it. the president comes out like daily and, and says ridiculous things. Uh, different <laughs> depends on the day. Um, and then the vice president, who's uh, who seems a little more human lately, uh, comes out and says some, you know, maybe it's just by comparison. Seems a little, <laughs> a little more level headed, um, but that's not hard to do. And then we, uh, and then we, you know, we, we do this thing where we, we watch one station one day, another station the next day, and uh, it's it's just it's a fucked up message. Who knows what's going on? I'm not sure, but I know that I haven't been allowed to go to work for a week, and that doesn't mean I'm not working. I, I, I've got we, me and my wife got an office set up happening here, desks beside each other. So far, it's been pretty cool. We're enjoying it a little too much. Um, you know, like I, I know we don't want it to be a coronavirus season, but. Uh, you know, this isn't so bad. Uh, leaving home is not really for me anyway. So, you know, what's the rush, I guess? I don't want anybody to get hurt, but let's just stay uh, cautious through summer, hopefully, and uh, we can remain like this. I think we'd be all right. I know people that work in, in restaurants and bars and uh, whatever, touring musicians are kind of bummed out and uh, it sucks for them. I apologize if that's you. Uh, but for me, my situation... This is, uh, it's like a staycation, you could say. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm doing eight hours of work. I'm at the desk. Probably nine hours, honestly. But uh, it's just not It's just not so bad. I'm sitting here, uh, got, I got the record collection going, made a spreadsheet, trying to listen to every record in my collection, which is a challenge because uh, not everybody in my house wants to listen to every record in my collection. And so I'm trying to be, uh, trying to be strategic with my picks. Um, eh, you know, I've done okay so far couple misfires uh, but that's to be expected this type of music that i like isn't for everybody yesterday though i did notice that i put on agnostic fronts victim in pain with a packed room and uh nobody left so and nobody got mad at least at least towards me maybe internally they were seething but nobody cared everybody was cool with agnostic fronts victim in pain which is which is perfect because they should be um but yeah so so that's that's what's happening also big news today i mowed a lawn for the first time this year because you know the the groundhog didn't see a shadow or he did or whatever happened with him uh whatever happened with that groundhog means that spring is here early so i went over and mowed my in-laws uh in-laws lawn while they are still in italy and um and it was it was it was a reminder that you know those first couple mows of the season you got to be extra vigilant on your watch for dog turds because, you know, I, I understand the people who leave their dog turds in other people's yards. I don't like them, but I understand it. If I had a dog, I would absolutely do the same thing. Uh, the only difference is I would never have a dog because dogs are awful. Uh, but at this time of year, there's about a, there's a, there's a percentage split where like, let's say uh, 49, let's say 60, 61%, 61% of, uh, of, of the soil is grass and What's the other percentage? 49. Is that the right way? <laughs> 49. No, no. 39 is, uh, is just dog turds. So you be careful while you're mowing. Um, people left old dog turds in there and you're going to chop them up. But the good thing is, is that they're old. So th- hopefully they, they just crumble when, they, when you step on them and they don't get all matted into your shoes. Uh, but you know, that's better. That's way better than the people who, who pick up their dog's turds and then leave it in the bag. 
and then leave that on the sidewalk. What is that? Why? Wh what is happening here? Just leave a turd on the sidewalk. That'll at least wash away. You know, um, unless you live in like a, unless you well, if you if you live in like a really dense densely populated populated city with a rat problem, um, then you, if you if you if you got a rat problem, you can leave your turds out there, right? Not your turds, your dog's turds, because uh, the rats will eat them, and so you're just like kind of feeding the rats, which. Some people might say it's a bad thing. Other people might say, hey, free pooper scooper. But I don't recommend either of these things. Again, I, let me go back to my base here. No dogs. Let's get rid of dogs. Uh, it solves a lot of problems as far as I'm concerned. Definitely this turd problem. But if, you, if you're worried about rats eating your garbage, uh, then if you can leave them a pile of dog turds instead, it's a good alternative. Uh, but then you got uh, you know dog turd breath rats running around your house. I don't know, man. I'm a, I'm lost on this one. I just I, I you know I had a lot of experiences <laughs> with dog turds and with rats, and uh, never smelled their breaths. But uh, I don't like either of them. And that's enough about this topic. Let's move on. Um, so along with mowing lawns comes allergies. I made sure to take my Claritin before mowing that lawn, and uh, hopefully hopefully it's not a big problem. I I want I, I want to go to the doctor this time around and try to get a shot. An, aller an allergy shot. I never had one of those. I wonder what that does. Do you know? Don't tell me about it because every time I ask you guys for information, you never give it to me. So don't do that. But uh, I, I might have to look into that. My head say, hey, doctor. Hey, doctor, give me an allergy shot. Hey, but you know what? I was supposed to have a doctor's appointment next week. And uh, it was just one that was like a verbal one, basically, that we could have just done, done it over the phone. Called a med check, I think. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and they, they, they called me the other day and like, hey, uh, you're going to have to do this over the phone. We can't do any appointments right now. And I was like, that's perfect. That's the way it should have been. I had to reschedule this thing like three times because I couldn't make a face-to-face. -face. And uh, now you just want to do it over the phone. That's that's ideal. And then they call me back the next day. And they're like, sorry, um, the doctor's not going to be in the office that day. Uh, she, she can't do your appointment. I'm like, well, I don't give a fuck where she's at. She can call me from everywhere. She can call me from uh, her own house. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Does it matter to you guys? But uh, so now my <laughs> my appointment just keeps getting pushed back. And that's that. But anyway, so now that you guys are up to speed on my doctor's appointment and dog turds and uh, and and rats, um, we can move on with this one. This one, like I said, is it features an interview with Sean and Gwen of Frail. They're a doom band out of Cleveland. I don't know if doom is the is the correct term. If that's the one that they use, um, they 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 named their their style in in this interview. I'll let them I'll let them tell you what that is. But uh, that's that's. It's a good doom is close enough. All right. So uh, first, I'm going to play you a track from uh, their album 1692, and then I'm going to get into the interview with them. So here, listen to this song. It's called Darker Than Black.
Hey, is this uh, Sean? Yeah, this is Sean. We got Gwen here too. Hi. Hey, hey, Gwen. Hey, Sean. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. good. How, are How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, obvious stuff going on here. I, I assume uh, the same out in where are you at Cleveland. Yes. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Are you guys stuck at home all day? Yes. Not a bad thing though. We don't mind it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Me and my wife love it. It's it's kind of been great. It's just been we set up our offices and we've just been listening to records. It's you know. Yeah. Nothing great. to complain about. Yeah. <laughs> Which is honestly, that's how, that's, that's how, uh, that's a little, that's a little bit about how I, how I became aware of, of you guys, Frail, um, is actually from my wife's recommendation. She found you guys. Yeah. And, uh, she, she was really into it and she started buying the records. Well, you know what it was? I, I was trying to find the white witch for her. Right. And, uh, then I saw. It was suddenly sold out. Just what was this a couple weeks ago, right? Yep. Yeah. So I I did end up finding her a copy right after it got sold out. Found it on Discogs, but I got it. It's all it's an all fucked up cover, but you know what? It still works. The record's perfect. So we've been listening to that in 1692, sitting down here while working. So uh, thank you guys for that. Oh, oh. well, that's awesome. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So um, so obviously. I mean, for the people that are going to hear this, we haven't mentioned that uh, your, your names are Sean and Gwen, and you were both in the band uh, Frail, right? Yeah. Yep. And uh, you, you guys are based out of Ohio, Cleveland. Is it Cleveland? Is, is, it, is it actually Cleveland, or are you like in the suburbs? Cleveland Heights. Yeah, we're in Cleveland Heights. Ooh, that sounds, that sounds like the Richie version of Cleveland, but I don't know shit about Cleveland, so I'm probably wrong. Yeah, not. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, it's 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 up the hill, but it's not on the other side of the tracks. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. So, how long has how long has Frail been a band? Uh, two years. Yeah, a little over two years. Maybe two and a half. Wow. So you guys put out a lot of records since then. Well, I mean, for for any band, really. Well, I think we started, um, and then the White Witch came out kind of i think within a couple of months of us doing stuff yeah so yeah it was pretty fast (laughs) (laughs) that's not not, certainly not a bad thing but so for 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 people who haven't i know this is a pretty basic ass question and i apologize for it but for people who haven't heard of frail before how would you describe your sound to like i don't know somebody who might not might not get it we always call it lullabies over chaos Okay, I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> so, th- was was were you guys into were you guys in bands before this? Uh, I was. I was um, in my like in the late nineties, early two thousands. I was in a band called Disengage that was on uh, Man's Ruin, which was kind of like the original stoner rock label. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and w- but we didn't really quite fit there because we weren't straight up stoner. We were more like hard rock. Um, cause Cleveland isn't really from the desert. So we didn't want to pretend that we were from the <laughs> desert. Um, right. so we were just kind of this blend of like stoner, aggressive, hard rock. Um, there's a lot of hardcore bands that come from Cleveland, but I was never really a hardcore guy. So, um, it's, you know, anyways, disengage was kind of like a mix of all that stuff. Um, but then I got out of that and I didn't play music like for a long time. Um, and then. Gwen got me uh, Logic, which is like a recording program uh, for Christmas. Um, and I had 
I had Pro Tools before, but it was just like an older version. And I wasn't too into it. But Logic was just a lot more intuitive, and it got me more excited into playing music. And then um, shortly after that, I, I stopped drinking, um, and all of a sudden I had all this nervous energy or whatever. <laughs> and so then just started going nuts on guitar and writing songs. And, um, you know, I would hear Gwen sing in the bathtub because she's got an amazing voice, even though she was never, well, she likes to say she was in a garage band that never made it out of the garage <laughs> a long time ago. Um, but so I hear her singing. And so, um, and she'd sing a lot of, you know, Porter's Head and, and Mazzy Star stuff like that. And so I, uh, recorded i came up with a the cover of wandering star which ended up being on our record and uh kind of forced her to sing on that i guess yeah. that's where that's kind of where where frail started um but so short answer yes uh it was in other bands but it was like a long gap between that and, and frail cool well, all right so so a couple things i want to i want to touch on that first of all totally familiar with the cleveland hardcore scene at least you know ringworm integrity and cold blood all, all that you know uh, very yeah. familiar with all that. I've actually, I think I've had them all on here at one point, but anyway, th that's not, but so, so, so yeah, you're right. I'm familiar with the Cleveland, uh, as far as that, but not, not this world of Cleveland. So, so cool. Glad to get you on here. The second, um, that's, that's, so, so you were kind of out of it for a while and now, and now you're back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you mentioned the, uh, the, the Portishead, the Portishead cover wandering star, which is, which I believe that's how, that's what my wife first heard that got her oh, wow. into you guys. And then, and then you said Mazzy star. And I just had to say that because my daughter's name is Mazzy. So that's uh, I just, just, it's <laughs> just a couple things. How old is she? She's six. Well, about to be seven. Six? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so, so Gwen, you didn't, you weren't doing, you didn't do anything official before frail, I guess would be, I mean, other, other than the garage band. Right. No. Um, I studied piano for uh, many years and I, you know, I did that, but to me singing was something that I always wanted to do, but I was always really nervous and very shy and not super confident. So I, I backed away from it, even though it was like one of those things that I, you know, really wanted to do. So I didn't, I didn't pursue it. Um, because I was scared, I guess. And didn't you take lessons too? Like you took vocal lessons? Yeah, I took I took some lessons. I never really followed through with anything because um, they didn't teach me to sing how I wanted to sing. You know, they <laughs> teach you to th sing open throat and and um, you know, kind of belting, and that's not who I am. You know. Well, how was Sean able to convince you to to do this? <laughs> yeah, what I do. <laughs> I, when Sean has something in his head, there's no getting around it. So it's basically, um, he just came after me like day after day after day. And then, um, we tried <clears throat> me singing while he was there and that just did not work. So I made him go downstairs. Like he couldn't even stay on the second floor. Was, we had three <laughs> floors, so he couldn't even stay on the second floor. I made him go all the way down to the first floor. So he couldn't hear anything. And, then I did, you know, I recorded everything as I liked it and I felt okay about it. And then I had him come up and, and then I, then I let him listen. Yeah. Still kind of how we do it now. Like she makes me go away. But it's just because, not because I'm, a, not because I'm afraid to have you hear me when I'm recording, but not just because I'm a spaz. Yeah. He gets, <laughs> he gets really annoying. When <laughs> 
Well, so so I don't think we mentioned, but you guys you guys are married, right? Well, we're engaged. Engaged, but, but we're married. Yeah, right. yeah. We, we own a house together. We do all the we are all the things that married couples are, just not married. Right. So so when when you're working on when you're working on this stuff, uh, I don't know that 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 has to be a weird dynamic to that. Like, that, um, it it can be sometimes because you know anytime you work with your significant other, you know whether it's on a passion project or on something that is you, you don't care about. Right. Sometimes baggage comes into the picture. You know what I mean? Like if I didn't wash the dishes, then she doesn't want to hear my comments on the mix. Like <laughs> right, that. right, right. So that that sometimes that comes up. I mean, we but, we do a good job of like leaving each other alone. Yeah, our thing. we each do our own thing, and then we kind of come together. And luckily, Sean and I have a similar idea of what we want things to sound like. I think I like things a little spookier. I think Sean likes things a little heavier, and so we kind of ultimately come together with something that, you know, houses both of those ideals into one. Um, but we, yeah, we do everything kind of separately and then we kind of come together at the end and figure out how things should kind of sit in, within the song. That's interesting. So you're not like going to him and being like, uh, you know, criticizing his riffs and he's not coming at you about your melodies and, you know, that. Well. <laughs> It it happens, but not while it's getting made. Like so, what, I'll go upstairs and, and play a bunch of stuff and record it, and then if I really like it, I'll play it for Gwen, and then she'll shoot me down in a blaze of glory. <laughs> <laughs> or she'll be like, "No, that was amazing." So um, she, there is criticism, but th- it doesn't happen while we're doing it because if we did that, we'd never let each other finish anything. So right. we kind of finish stuff, and then we'll talk about it later. And then it's like your nay after you, you we did it. We don't really collaborate like in the moment although she i did get her a keyboard for christmas and we might start getting into more of that like writing on the spot and we're doing a live stream on saturday and there's a song we're playing we haven't played live yet that really is just me and gwen and like it's just guitar and, and vocals whether the whole, the whole band would be with us or not and that we, we started trying to mess with some overdubs and that was more collaborative so i think we might start slowly evolving into getting more that way although right now like we don't want to that's what isn't broken because right yeah we do a good yeah. job of leaving each other alone too. yeah for sure uh, well you mentioned uh that this is not this band isn't just you two um but did you were you get did you guys were you guys together before this band or did this band come out of you guys being together well we we released on Bandcamp. like gwen and i just did this for ourselves i mean we released it on Bandcamp because hey you can if you make music you can put it out there yeah and then like I think it was like the next morning had someone bought it. And I was like, wow, wow, someone bought, you know, the EV, that's amazing. And then the day after that, we got an email from who would become our European label, uh, Desiree. She has Laybear Recordings. And she was like, are you working with anybody? Because if not, we would love to work with you. And we were like, what? Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so then like a week later, she was like, we're going to get on Desert Fest and we're going to get on Soul Crusher and Nymegan in the Netherlands. So you guys got to come over here. And we're like, okay, well, I guess we have to put a band together then. So it was kind of out of necessity because we had festivals booked and had never played a live show ever. So then we <laughs> scrambled to get a bunch of local shows together um, just to practice being a band. Um, and then we went to Europe, and then uh, now we're a band. Wow, that's 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 awesome. And you know, that's funny because uh, it was two days ago. I was I was talking to uh, to a guy who does this band, Sermon out of the UK, you know, it's like this prog metal band. And, uh, so he's talking about how he never really did shit. His, the only show he's ever played 
is opening it was like, it was like them and opeth yeah like, so oh, like, wow. it was just like this you know just it's it's just fun I like and the reason i bring it up is because it's like with the way you guys are talking about it, what, what your story is with that, which his story is with that, and this is what I touched on with him is that everybody thinks that you pretty much have to follow this weird system where you need to be in, you need to be this band and do this thing and then this thing and then this thing and then this thing. But it can just go, it can go so different as long as the right people get it. And, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just a, a weird way. I don't know, different change of perspective. Well, and I think that's a great point because to me, the internet makes it available instantly for everyone to hear what you do. So if you're, if the product is that good, it will get noticed, you right. know, which is different than, you know, being in a band pre-internet where you had to pound the road for years and then maybe people kind of heard of you and the product could be amazing, but it doesn't always, you know, and it, it's just different now. Like it is possible to go a lot farther, a lot faster if the product is good. Um, but the the flip side of that is because it's so easy to get your music out there, you have to sift through an ocean of product that maybe not is so good. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. As, as a listener, as a listener, because like you go on Bandcamp and there's just a bajillion new just in Doom. I mean, it's, yeah. there's a bajillion new re- releases all the time. So it's it's um, it's harder to get footing. But if the product is that standing, I see it all the time and I love watching this where you know bands come out like I just. Uh, you see something brand new and you're like, Oh my God, this is incredible. And then it's cool to see when you find something new and you like it to watch it rise really fast, you know, and, and other people agree with you and that it's totally possible now. And with Bandcamp and Spotify and the, and the way that things are, I think that it's a great time for music. I think not to make money at it, but it's a great yeah. time to listen to. <laughs> it is. And I, I have, my little system is I have, I use Spotify a lot while I'm at work or whatever on the move. And, uh, I, I, I have a folder, I have an Android phone, I have a folder on my desk or whatever, my home screen that I can pull the albums from Spotify and I put them in there. It's a folder, it's called To Listen. And every every time I come across a record I want to listen to, I drop it in this folder and I listen to it. So I'm constantly listening to, it's kind of annoying because I'm constantly listening to new records, right? Uh, and stuff I don't know. But it's but I, but I know I really like something if I listen to it again, you know? Like, I, I, like I, it's rare that I... Here's something that I hate because I'm pretty forgivable with my taste, to be honest. As long as it's, uh, it's got a guitar in, I'm probably gonna like it. But uh, <laughs> but but if I but to go back and hear something again because, like you're saying, it's so easy to to get your music out there. Um, it's it's pretty impressive when when something does keep coming back. Like 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 with you guys, like we we only discovered you guys within the last couple months, and we we're like, okay, let's get let's get all these records. Let's see if we can have a conversation with them. You know. So, so when you do put out quality, as you're saying, it's, it makes, it makes, makes a big fucking difference. Uh, well, thank you. I, I think you just said we were quality. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes, for sure. Well, so, so you mentioned like that, you know, you, you put together the, the, the band rather quickly. Is there a large, uh, like scene for, for like doom or whatever you want to call this in, uh, in Cleveland? Uh, I don't think so. No, like the, the guys that are in the band are, none of them were in doom bands or, uh, before like, uh, Pat, the drummer, I've known him for 20 some years. Um, he was in, uh, the first band I knew him was this band Hilo, which had a girl singer, but it was more, uh, I don't want to say math rock, although some of it was confusing. Um, <laughs> but it was more major scale, kind of heavy, uh, but major scale. And actually the bass player is now our U S record label. He lives in New York. Um, which I forgot about that. 
Um, yeah, Aqualim. Yep. Yep. John Swafford was played bass in high low with Pat years ago. Like when I was was like 20 years ago. Um, and then Eric was a drummer in other bands that I played with, but his bands were more, um, like indie rock, like not super heavy. Um, so he came, but I know he's a really good guitar player. And I also know he's a gear nerd, so that's why I asked him to be in frail because I knew he would go nuts with like, you know, he he's, he loves guitars and gear just as much as I do. So he he, he has actually more guitars than I do, um, <laughs> but he you know plays bass and frail. And now I think he has more basses than I have guitars too. Anyway, um, and then Elliot, I played in a like a like a I don't know what to call it. Like it's not pop punk, but it's like a culty punk um, that American Werewolves, and he was. Uh, I was playing bass in that, uh, just kind of helping some friends out and hanging out with them for like a year or two. And then they needed a new guitar player. So Elliot came in and he was this young guy that I never knew. And he was kind of outside the scene of other people that I knew from years ago, but I was just really impressed with how fast he learned the American werewolf song and how he just was like, yep, got it and did it. It was really impressive and his timing was really good. So when it came time for us to put the band together, that just remembering how awesome it was to work with him. And he's, he's the youngest one in the band. Um, that I just called him right away and I was like, Hey man, do you want to go to Europe? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> um, and then it, it sucked because it ended up, he couldn't go or something. So we had to go as a four piece, but we're really a, a five piece. Well, yeah, well, fuck it. It works out, I guess. But the, 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 did you, oh, American werewolves, why is that? Why does that sound so familiar? They were around. I mean, they're like 20 years. I, I think they're still doing stuff. The guy, Trevor is the singer. Um, and, uh, when I was in it, his, I think now ex-wife um, was playing keyboards or Farfisa, which was pretty sweet. And then uh, this guy, Chris was playing drums from some other bands from around here. Um, but they, they've been around for a long time and they play like horror festivals. Um, that's where I learned what, uh, what's the room uh, where people wear costume for furries. Furries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had a furry room and I didn't know what that was. I'm thinking. So I, I wondered if this is the same band I'm thinking, where it's like the, the kings of the, the records, king of the Cleveland streets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it. Yep. that's it. Oh, I love, I love, I love it. Yep. Saw, saw that, uh, saw them once, uh, enjoyed it. Yeah. So whatever you want to call it, uh, that, that's a good band too. Another good Cleveland band. I'm surprised yeah. I remember that one. Um, so, so like when you said you went to, or you. You know, you you basically learned piano. You were trained in piano. You were uh, you took singing lessons. Um, Sean, you've I don't know how did you, how did you become a proficient musician? And the, the fact that you guys have this, like you said, a studio in your home where you can do all this is this all just homegrown learning? Yeah, yeah. I never took guitar lessons or anything. Or uh, you know, when when Disengage was fortunate enough to you know have budgets from labels to make some real records, so I'd. I just kind of tried to suck everything up when I was at the, the big studios. And then, you know, when, when Pro Tools came out, learning it, it, but I knew it had limitations. And I think just when the past two to three years, um, what you can do at your house, in my opinion, is 99% as good as what you could do at any studio. Um, that, that 1% is a huge difference, but you can still do everything um, at your house as long as you take the time to do it and have it compete against like what I, you know, what I would say if the big boys are, but I feel like Gwen has to talk. She's getting bored. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Gwen, can you tell me about the, uh, the, the, how important the visual is for frail? Because obviously, and uh, obviously there's a, there's a lot that's put into the, into visual, whether, whether it's the video for godless, whether it's the packaging 
for for your records, uh, the books that you guys do. Uh, how was was there an intentional uh, emphasis put on um, put on the visual when you started Frail? Well, I think for me that's that's like the really fun part. Uh, writing music for me is sometimes painful. I think it's because it's where I'm my most vulnerable, and I'm kind of exercising all my demons through my lyrics and stuff. But um, the visual part to me is like candy, and I just get to play and and uh, have fun with it. So um, I think it ties in with what we're doing, and I you know I make sure of that. I don't know if it's important. I I would like to think that the music would stand on its own, even if, um, you know, the visuals weren't there. But um, I really, like, that's kind of what I really love to do. I love to design clothes. I love to design uh, videos, all this stuff. Like, I just like doing stuff so that it looks pretty <laughs> as well as uh, sounds good. Yeah, the, all the videos are blend. Like, you know, technically, I like, I enjoy filming and putting it together, but as far as concept, she's like, okay, I'm going to, we're going to make me, I have 10 yards of velvet now. What is it? Yeah. Velvet. We're going to make a long train and I need to get a sickle and I'm going to make a dress <laughs> and we're going to walk in a cornfield and then I'm going to walk in front of the band and there you guys are. And then we're going to tie up my, our friend Frank uh, in a chair. And like, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> no, it'll be great. It'll be great. <laughs> Well, see, so so in that regard, you got you got basically uh, f- was is it full creative control? Does anybody dare question that? Because I don't I don't even know that I could question that. It'd just be a like because I could never think of something like that. You know, it'd just be like, all right, yeah, sure, absolutely. <laughs> I I think that um, Sean and I work really well creatively together, um, but I think that like for the for the visuals, most of it is my ideas, and then like. You know, he'll be like, well, what if we do this instead? And, you know, maybe I like it, maybe I don't. But I think for that, it's pretty much pretty much my last. Yeah. The only call, in- but- input I have is like if, if lighting isn't working, like, no, we got to shift this because uh, the lights aren't doing, you know, doing what we need to do. Because in all the photographs we take, it's just me and Gwen, too. Like, no one, like, the, all the cover of the records and stuff, that's us taking pictures. So it's like Gwen might have an idea for photos. And but the light isn't working because we're in our house and I don't have 20 foot ceiling. So then we have to change up a little bit. But it's only because it's something technically is prohibiting us from doing what one wants to do. Like next thing we're going to do apparently involves fire. So to figure out how to shoot fire. I don't recommend doing that inside, but, you know, do do whatever you want. Um, So I saw uh, in one of your Instagram posts that you – uh, well, you guys referenced a couple times, actually, in a couple of posts, referenced the uh, Buckland Museum of Witchcraft. What, what's your connection to that place, and what, what is that place? It's a witchcraft museum um, here in Cleveland. I think they actually reached out to us after they first opened, yeah. right? Because yeah. we um, we had the uh, the EP, and obviously we're into the esoteric stuff. Um, so they, they an article or something like that. I don't, I thought they, anyway, I think they reached out to us, uh, and we were aware of them. And then we just kind of started going and, you know, we talked to Steven, who's a really awesome guy, um, knows everything about his collection. So it's really interesting to talk to him about that. And, uh, then when we decided that we wanted to make the next album, 1692, and we wanted to kind of celebrate <clears throat> witches, um, in witchcraft and we knew we had to talk to him and kind of 
um, showcase his his collection because he does have some amazing pieces there. Yeah, it's like heavy when you walk in there. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. you're and when we use so we the, we made a book that goes with our uh, with 1692 like our label Aqualam part of their thing is they you have to make a hundred page book so between the seven inch we did and the 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 LP which were within what, I don't know, six months of each other we had to make two hundred page books <laughs> like okay. Um, but so when we did the Buckland one, we wanted to shoot a bunch of his artifacts. So we actually had to help him get them out of the cases and hold them up and, you know, using scotch tape and whatever to make them balance. But we're, you know, holding these very important in, in that circle artifacts. Like it's like if you went to the Cleveland Museum and you're holding like a Van Gogh and you don't want to drop it like to, to you know, to the the, the crowd and the the culture built around the Buckland and, and, and witchcraft in the U.S. in general, like these are important artifacts, and we're like holding them. And you know, some of them, like there's this one, there's a is it was the demon in the box or something like yeah. that. We didn't even want. Gwen was like, "Don't touch it." And <laughs> I was, yeah, like, like a picture of it. I wasn't allowed. I wasn't even allowed to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you 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 mentioned these these uh, these books, and I've seen them too. Where that you put with that, like you said, the seven inch and and the uh, the sixteen ninety two record. Um, and you said that's that's a that's what your label wants you to do. Yeah, they yeah. do it with all of their albums. It's kind of cool. I yeah. think it's because they're by trade, they're graphic designers, so they love that stuff. And and it's kind of fun. It's kind of a pain to be honest, but it's yeah. also kind of fun to put that stuff together. You know. Yeah. So and what we do is we kind of put the meat of it together. So we get like all the this is going to go on this page. This will go here. But then those guys lay it out, and that's why it's like they did. Um, the, like we did the white witch ourselves, but you can tell the layout from the white witch compared to like the layout of 1692, like 1692 looked like pros did it. And, and Jonathan and Eric <laughs> at Aqualam, they're pros. I mean, right. Jonathan was like creative director at wall street journal before he wanted to do his label full time. So it's like, they know what they're doing. And Eric is awesome at video. Like he, he put the whole uh, bl- uh, darker than black video together just from shooting it on his phone when we went to St. Vitus and we saw it and be like, what, wow. the, what the fuck? Like, they're really good. So we give them uh, kind of visual like that um, when it comes to the layouts, we just give it to them and let them, you know, make everything like pick the font and make it look awesome. You know, we, we say yes or no on it, but we let, we trust them to kind of just go with it because they are, you know, one thing Gwen and I can do a lot of stuff, but graphic designers, we are definitely not. Yeah. Well, and, and you're, you're right. The, the, the uh, 1692, Particularly, I mean, it's literally sitting on the turntable across from the room for me right now. And even just the, uh, I mean, there's, all right, so I, I used to work with a, a buddy of mine who had a record label for a long time, A389 Records in Baltimore. And, you know, he, and I saw a lot what he did. And I, and now when I see other people do it, uh, it's, it's subtle, but I really appreciate the way, like, the, the vinyl matches the, the, just the cover, you know, the way, the way everything, yeah. like, lines up. In a, in a it's just cohesive a cohesive package instead of just a I don't know a fucking bright pink record for a black sleeve yeah you know, it's just it's a, it's a, it's very nicely done and uh, and I, I appreciate these subtle things like this yeah well thank you I think it's really important for um, me and probably Sean as well like I think it would really bother me if it wasn't cohesive and if it didn't have like kind of a set theme throughout and set color story throughout and that's me being kind of nerdy when it comes to stuff like that. Like I want everything to have the same story. 
And like, so we did you know, with, with Desiree from Labor on, on White Witch, we picked white vinyl because White Witch, that was pretty obvious. But yeah, we, we did a, you know, a pretty good job designing that. The colors of the cover just kind of came from the photo. And then when we did 1692, Gwen didn't want to do another, hey, look at this girl on the cover that has is all done up. Like she wanted to, you know, be feminine, but not so quote unquote pretty, I guess. Right. right. And I, I wanted to be a continuation of the White Witch in that here's this girl who, you know, on the White Witch, she's restrained. She You can tell she has something going on. They've restrained her. Um and then 1692, she's gotten loose. She's <laughs> wreaked a lot of havoc. And uh, now she's kind of tired and looking for uh, looking for guidance and, and looking for help. But, she, you know, she's, she's been through it. Yeah. And so the, the, co- the colors out of that photo, just naturally with what we had, we wanted to match the vinyl. And, and there's something about green and smoke and fog and whatever, that we, earthy, greeny, smoky fog that I think we were kind of into. And, and so when we saw that vinyl color, we were like, yeah, let's use that one. And then the guys in New York kind of tied everything together. Like it was them that came up with the, 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 the treatment for like all the gold foily looking stuff. Um, and then uh, when it came to the lyric page, uh, that was more us. That was the one move we had mean, where yeah. we were like, let's make it in a, in a, a heptagram and yeah. see if we can fit all the lyrics in there. And so, and I had to like figure out how to lay out everything <laughs> in a heptagram and then, and then that would go to New York, and they would they would make it pretty and acceptable for showing and showing to the class. <laughs> well, again, again, it worked out. It worked out great. And uh, I can't. Well, that, like so that white the White Witch record, like we said, was sold out. Um, and uh, this one, I imagine, won't be far behind it. it but but I want to ask you about that. Like so when so when a record sells out, right? Like obviously that's a good thing because all, all your copies are gone. But at the same time. Like if somebody's coming along late and they want to get this record, now they, uh, you know, they're kind of shit out of luck. Do, like right. so, I, so how do you feel about that? Is there, is there, is it like yes, we sold out, or like shit, we got to repress? I, I don't know. Just what's your opinion on that? I think both. I think that eventually it will be repress, repressed. I can't. You know, we don't, we don't do that. We're not in charge of that, so I can't speak. Right. Uh, to it 100%, but I would think that at some point it will get repressed. Um, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of exciting when it sells out, but, you know, I I don't know. I don't like the idea of people not being able to get something that they would like to have, you know, and, and uh, so, you know, we... You know that's really up to our European label, though. I and think. that's it's like they know what they're doing when it comes to the business side of things because we we feel the same way. Like, oh great, we sold out. Let's let's do it again. But you know, she's like, well, we still have the new one, and obviously it just came out. And we want to kind of focus our energy on that. So once that, you know, we sell that, which in Europe we're really close to selling out on the yeah. you know, nice. 1692. In the U.S., we have a little bit left, but in Europe, I, I think it'll. It just, Within, I don't know, whatever. It'll, it'll go soon. Then, I think at that point, then we'd probably look at, like, okay, what do we do? How many of the new ones do we redo? And how many of the old ones do we redo? Like, you know, so it, it's a, it, there's a, a business side of it, too, because they have inventory that they want to move before just re-upping old, uh, other inventory. Oh, know? yeah. I, I know about it. I got, a, <laughs> I got a, a big box of records of my old band in the, in the garage that have been there for years. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, there, there comes a time where you overshoot and you're like, oh, shit, what do I do with this? This is just garbage at this point. Right. But, <laughs> but um, 
So, uh, so sixteen ninety two. It's been out for a little over a month now, right? It came out February. It came out Valentine's Day, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it's been out for for a little over a month, um, selling well, obviously, like you just said, um, f- the physical version selling well. Um, but what do you what do you hear? Like, are all have you heard all good things? Do you hear any negative things that you actually kind of found you agree with? Well, people hate monsters. <laughs> yeah, they hate it. Um, not probably not everybody, but no. the 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 most consistent negative thing that we have read in reviews is that monsters, which is my daughter reading a poem that Gwen wrote, it kind of shocks them out of okay, we're listening to this heavy doom music, and all of a sudden there's this loud kid's voice that like snaps them out of the, <laughs> the vibe that they're in, yeah. which I can understand, like I can see where they're coming from, and so in hindsight, that would probably be the one thing that okay, we probably could have done a better job of like blending that in better, right? You know right, I mean? right. Um, so that would be probably the, the most the most obvious and right. most consistent. And, and not everybody says it. Some people like it. Um, but the most consistent negative, I guess, that we, we've heard is, is probably that one. Yeah. But, but otherwise, I assume it's been, it's been all positive, right? Yeah, I think, I think everything has been pretty good. I mean, there's always... Somebody told us, wait, some guy over in Europe, I think it was Europe. Remember he said he was like listening this is what a reviewer said it was amazing he was listening to the record and he's kind of into it and then he got to dead inside which is like still me personally one of my favorite songs and we think it's like one of the better like sometimes just magic happens and some songs are mixed somehow you know they, they come out stronger and so we think dead inside is really strong but he said that dead inside made him fall asleep on the bus <laughs> <laughs> well it works then well, that's all yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe died inside. <laughs> well, I, I I feel like I say this a lot to like the people that I have on uh, the musicians musicians I have on, which is well, I mean it's everybody. But uh, being a reviewer and the the authority that a reviewer gets is really funny because it doesn't mean shit. Like I I, I was a reviewer for over ten years and it doesn't like it's, I had no authority. I, like all you do, you just have a platform that you get to say something sucks or it doesn't, and if somebody allows you to do that. It could be fucking anybody, and their opinions. Uh, which I, which don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm speaking like on, on both sides of this. Like, so sometimes the opinions are like valid and other times it's just somebody being like, yeah, I don't like this, but I don't know. I, I, uh, reviews crack me up now. I, and maybe it's cause I wrote so many over the years, but it's, but I, I, for, for musicians don't even fucking, unless they're good, I wouldn't even pay attention to them. We, we, and we don't, we take it with a grain of salt because like we're happy with, when we put stuff out, we've already slaved over it and went through that. Oh my right, God, it's over. Our, our, yeah. on our own. Yeah. yeah. And, well, and I always say that the louder you say something, the more, the more people you're going to have shouting back at you. So I kind of look at it as a positive thing and that, you know, it's not just my mom and Sean's aunt or, you know, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> you know, listening to stuff like, no, it's great. It, you know, people are listening to it and if they don't like it, that's that's great because you know that means that our reach to me is is a little wider and it's not just people who have heard stuff and of ours and are just like mindlessly listening or whatever it's they they have an opinion and they're listening to it to form an opinion and to me i i like that yeah yeah and we i mean we were you know the the white witch we did ourselves and, and thomas from seeing red uh records he put out he was kind of our u.s label on white witch he did cds and and he was amazing at getting press for us without having a PR guy. So on that record, we had reviews and, and blogs. Um, and I think, was it Decibel or someone when our video, like he got them to, to premiere the video 
And then on 1692 with Aqualam and Desiree from Labor, they got uh, like we had a real deal PR company, like the same guy that does High and Fire and helped Mastodon get launched and, you know, a bunch yeah. of bigger bands. So we were in like, you know, Decibel, Metal Hammer, Revolver and, you know, being reviewed in these bigger magazines and getting like, you know, eight out of tens primarily or sometimes nine out of tens and, and the biggest magazines there are was is pretty awesome for us. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's awesome. That's and and look, as somebody, I I, I get. I don't know if you guys have been on the side of it before. I feel like a lot of us have, but I get a lot of PR stuff too, constantly for years. You know, from working for websites or for doing this, and uh, it's it's a lot. Like the volume is intense every day. It's you every day you get. Uh, I'm going to say at least. 25 to 30 records in your email inbox right so so if you get if you find one that you like strong enough to write an eight out of nine out of ten whatever you know an eight nine ten out of ten that's that's very good like it's like it's uh it's 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 all relative right but if you're constantly getting new shit thrown at you and then there's finally something that you get that we're like this is an eight out of ten that's that's just a I think it's a higher it's I don't know I don't know how I'm trying to say this and fucking it up but it's it's better on a scale you know in, in my opinion yeah 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 but so all right so sixty nine two comes out a, a month ago roughly um, you guys you guys well so, Sean I saw the other night you were doing like a, a, a gear talk or something live uh, <laughs> I was trying to do that yeah <laughs> didn't work out. Well, no, it did. I just, I, I've never live streamed before. Like I, I do all our social and I Instagram got it down. Know yeah. what's going on there. Facebook, you know, I can do it live streaming all of a sudden. I don't know that you can't turn your camera sideways. And so the whole video <laughs> sideways and I don't know when it turns on. And then that thing started with like my dad face right up against the camera. Basically saying, <laughs> is this thing on? Um, so, you know, I think it came out okay. But the fact that like, if you're on a phone, it's crooked. That was ridiculous. So learned a lot. Um, and now, uh, we're going to move into what we're going to do on Saturday and, and learn how to not use a phone. We can use our better camera, which means we can start using our lights and there's going to be fog and everything. Well, that's be like it. Show. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's where I was going. So this, this Saturday you're going to do, you guys are doing a show. Is that what's happening? Yep. The two of us in our, uh, our big, uh, club, the, our live, our dining room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are going <laughs> to take all the furniture out and we're going to set up lights and, and try to make it as, as. I don't know, moody and, and, and appropriate to our sound as possible. Cool. So it's not, it's not even full band. It's just you two. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we, so Gwen and I, and our, on our third floor, we have the studio where we record everything, but also we, when we practice, which Gwen makes us do every fucking day, um, really? wow. we have yeah, every day. Cause right after the, like she was, what are we doing after this? There's like, there's something and then there's practice. Like, Oh, you're calling your mom. And then there, we have practice. Yeah. Like she has a schedule out for us. Um, it sounds so then, familiar. Uh, and yeah, there you go. But happy wife, happy life. Yeah. Right? So yes. Just, okay. Yes, yes dear. Um, so, but anyway, so we have backing tracks that we uh, practice to, which is like there's drums and and bass and then a rhythm guitar. Um, and so then I play guitar and Gwen sings to the backing track. So that's what we're going to do at the the two fifths frail show um, is play some songs that way. And then we're going to do stab, which is the last song, 1692. Um, which does not have drums or anything else. And that's just my guitar, a pedal and Gwen singing. So we're going to do that for the first time ever in front of anybody. Oh, very cool. And that is what you said, Saturday at five. Yep. Saturday, five uh, PM Eastern time. 
Okay, cool. Well, on, our fa- on our Facebook. I think I was I think I was going to do this next week, but I'm going to do this now this week. I'll have this come out Friday so people can hear Ooh. it and maybe right. we can get some eyes on you on Saturday. Um the uh so so uh, by the way, I should say and I I know people are doing this now, but I think it's a very cool thing and especially if if you if you're able to like you guys are uh Especially without risking anything, I think it's a it's a totally cool thing to take advantage of. And, and even doing, even though you fucked it up, maybe so you say the the gear thing, just taking advantage of the situation and using the you know social media, which sucks unfortunately to 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 promote. I think it's uh, I think it's awesome. I think you're doing a cool thing. Thanks, man. And I, you know, I I guess like a, so far over a thousand people maybe have seen it, and you know, we had people asking about tunings and and pedals, and I'm I love talking gear i'm a big gear nerd so you know even the fact that like i don't know 20 people watched it live and it got watched almost a thousand times and people are still sending questions about it i think that's awesome and you know i think now we need that more than ever we're stuck in our houses and everyone's going a little crazy so everyone's starting to stream hey check out my pedal board or listen to my amp and i think that's awesome like i was even thinking it'd be funny to do like houses of doom where doom people just kind of take you through their house <laughs> like, <laughs> i would watch that like i want to see where wind hand lives like Doom i would watch cribs. that you know? <laughs> yeah. that's funny that's funny you should you should start it just you might as well kick it off but then i have to clean the house so that's why i wasn't gonna you go you don't have to i mean if you set oh, the, yeah. if you set the bar that low then everybody uh, else has to clean their house you know <laughs> Like, right. Yeah. yeah. No, there's no way Glenn's let me walk around the house with a live camera when it hasn't been tidied up. Right. <laughs> okay. So for so for you guys, say uh, so so let's let's go to this. So what did this what did this coronavirus ruin for Frail? Um, practice, couple of shows. Yeah, we we some big like shows we're really excited about um one of the clubs we enjoy playing the most in ohio is the west side bowl in youngstown that was their two-year anniversary we're like playing with whores from atlanta was flying in uh rebreather from youngstown one of our favorite bands was playing so that was show was gonna be bananas and you know that got canceled um and then we we're supposed to go to new york a week later um which is this saturday we we're supposed to be new york right yeah um so that you know we lost that on that but we dodged a bullet because we didn't have any big tours planned so it's not like we invested in a bunch of merch or you know had plane tickets and you know all that jazz where so many other bands are so much worse off than us where they were getting ready to go out so they stocked up on merch and now they're just sitting on it and those guys are hurting that you know we feel really bad for them that you know we had two shows canceled and were relatively like unscathed just luck of the draw and but there's some guys out there that are really hurting right now well, good. I mean, I'm I'm glad to hear that for you guys' sake because uh, yeah, I've I've talked to a lot of people who are who've been kind of screwed. So I was concerned you might say the same. Um, I actually I was talking to bands, the Svetlanas from Italy. Well, kind of, yeah. from, from, kind of from Italy, you know. And they were, you know, they they have all these you know worldwide tour plans. Like, ah, sorry to say, I don't think uh, anything has happened. Any of that's happened. And so glad it's not happening to you. Um, but uh, so if so, say this all clears up, you. Is there any was was there going to be plans to tour for Frail? I guess I should say. So we're, I mean, we have a show plan, uh, show plan in June, but we didn't really have any big, um, yeah, big tour plans. We are we just started working with a new booking agent, and actually, the show this Saturday in New York was supposed to be kind of a showcase 
for um, for booking agents and and uh, agents. But um, you know, we just started working with somebody, so I guess you know that's on hold for right now until uh, until after all this blows over. You know, who knows? It, it you know who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I think booking agents and touring is like kind of our next frontier. Like we had to get our act together and figure out like what is frail. And now we feel like we know that um, we have support from the labels. Um, and now the just getting out and hitting the road is like the next thing that we need to, to do. Cause when, when people see us, they like us, but we just got to get in front of people. We don't want to go out. You know, I, I did this in my old band where we tour the U S for you know 30 days straight and half the shows are in pizza shops in front of nobody. So it's like, I don't want to put us in that situation. So if we go somewhere, we want to make it worth it. But that's not something we can do on our own. We need support from booking agents. But if you're not out there as a working band already, some of the agents are hesitant to work with you. So it's kind of like catch 22 there. Um, but like we, you know, through the record and, and the success that we're having uh, through that, I think that booking agents start to pay attention to us. And like Gwen said, we just started having conversations with somebody that was about to pull the trigger on some shows. And then this happened. So once it gets sorted out, I think we'll, we'll, we'll pick, that up probably right where it left off because we we do feel pretty good about who we've been talking to and I think they're really into us so we'll we'll see uh, what happens uh, you know when, when everything clears up. Well, good. I hope and I hope it uh, I hope it works out in your favor because so far it seems it seems everything has been working out for Frail, but that's just from my perspective. So who knows? Um, but uh, but you know the records are great. They're, they seem to be selling well. People are people are catching on. To, to, to get people to even tune into the things that you're doing now is impressive. Um, uh, whatever. Uh, anyway, I'm, we're we're a fan at our house. Is what, what I'm what I'm trying to say. So, um, oh, thank, uh, you. Gl- thank you. Glad you guys are doing it. Um, I guess we can wrap it up here. Thank you for for t- taking the time to have this conversation. And if you want to tell, do you want to tell people where they can uh, where they can buy or check out anything for our related? Um, so we kind of use our Bandcamp, which is uh, I get that wrong. Frail dot Bandcamp dot com or is it the other way around no Bank- rail.bandcamp.com <laughs> okay we suck at this yeah yeah way. every every time we do this this interview like this this is where it shits the bed <laughs> that's all right that's um, all right yeah no so for the, yeah, the frail band camp um and then and that's for north america and if you're in europe um laybearrecordings.com um because you want to you definitely if you want to get our stuff get it from her uh, from desiree anywhere in europe because you don't want to pay shipping from the u.s to europe um <laughs> So right now, if you're well, I don't know if they're shipping because I feel like they're a couple weeks ahead of us on lockdown. Anyway, but laybearrecordings.com in Europe and uh, the band camp, our frail band camp in North America. Awesome. Well, hey, Sean and uh, and Gwen, thank you again for doing this. And uh, I uh, hope, hopefully we'll check you out on uh, on Saturday. And good luck. Oh, thank All you right. so Sounds much. Good. Thank you for yeah, having us. Of course.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Sean and Gwen of Frail in the song there at the end that was Godless. Uh, both tracks that I played were off of the record 1692, which uh, is still available on Aqualam Records, uh, but it's running out quickly as we discussed. So go to Bandcamp and pick that up or AqualamRecords.com or LayBearRecords.com, whatever their fucking websites are called. Go to those places, get those records. Um, I recommend getting the ones with the books. Uh, very cool stuff. Very super interesting. You know, compared to most people's shitty packages, uh, these things actually look nice and are professionally done. Very professionally done. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we talked all about that. You know, you get the gist uh, by now. So, and, and also, I encourage you all to check out the uh, the live stream of their show um, live from their home, from their living room, I believe they said. Uh, it'll be um, on, at 5 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, tomorrow, 328 is the date. Yeah. Two-fifths of Frail. Um, which took me a while to, to put together that title. It wasn't until they said it that I got it. Two-fifths of Frail. Two members out of five of Frail playing in a living room. Uh, that's social distancing in 2020. Hope you're all doing it. Uh, might as well. Uh, it's not so bad. If you're one of those people that feel the need to hang out with people, well, then you must, uh, you know, I, I was t- talking to my wife about this earlier. Either if I didn't have kids and, uh, yeah, basically if I didn't have kids or a significant other, I wouldn't give a shit either. I would just not go visit my mom for a long period of time. I'd be like, all right, mom, uh, I got I can't get you sick. So, I, but I can get sick. So if you're doing that, um, I don't want to say more power to you, but I, I want to say, I understand. And if you're, but if you're doing the right thing and just not going anywhere, not uh, fucking with other people, not, not, not uh, putting other people at risk. I think that's cooler. So, um, anyway, that's, that's about it for this episode. Uh, gettingitout.net is still is still coming out. Uh, I, I know I say it every week, but I promise you it's happening. Um, I thought I was going to be able to get more done with it with being home all week from work, but that's not that's not been the case. But uh, things are, are are getting done. Mike on Ice is working overtime. That's always good when Mike on Ice is hard at work. Uh, you know we're going to provide you with the quality qu- quality content that you want. So bookmark gettingitout.net uh, now so it's available for you when you want it. Um, I'm gonna end this one with a oh hold on first let's let's make sure you go to uh, you go to the socials uh, that's at getting underscore getting it underscore wait how's it go at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast on Instagram uh, www.gettingitout.com wait no that's not that either oh my god I'm so confused www.facebook.com slash getting it out podcast and what else is there at getting it out pod on Twitter um, I don't know just you know, don't you can't you clearly can't can't rely on me to figure this out for you. So you're gonna have to do it yourself. Um, just Google, just use Google. Put "getting it out" podcast in there. Something will come up. Click on it. Uh, share it. Tell people you like it. That's all I need. That's all. I don't, I don't even need. I, you know what? I don't need anything. Just leave me alone. How about that? Stop listening right now. But for, wait, no. First, listen to this track um, from this band from France. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're like a like a melodic death melodic death metal band from France. They're called France. France. They're called. Uh, I don't know how to say this right correctly. Tem Temnin Temnian Temnin Temnine T E M N E I N. The song is called "The Knotted Bag." Um, and here it is. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.